welcome back everybody hello hi guys how's it going so Lydia and Finn as usual I you're usual. Like I never say that no you are now it's now a routine you've okay. done it twice that's good Lydia it's my line Finn, as usual and oh. today we are joined by a very special guest and actually hopefully soon to be our resident homeopath if we can really edging <laughs> um uh welcome nice to have Thank you. you for having me mm, coming all the way from France no less South of France, where it's all sunny and all well, it's supposed to be sunny and warm, but it's windy and cloudy today. So mm. I'm feeling a bit better now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we like a 10 month summer as opposed to like a week and a half long mm. summer. You know, it's pretty good. You probably oh, have no, a fairly good Look at the sweat on me. Doing <laughs> cloudy day. Give me you look glowy. Give a good glow. I think oh, we're calling yeah. it glow. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> why everyone that's why the glow probably became popular. Because yeah. it was like I, but I sweat all the time and I talk about these mad things. Let's just go for glow. Yeah, so much yeah. easier to achieve a glow. I do so get messages on social media. It's like, what, where'd you get that natural highlighter? I'm like, sweat in 38 degrees. <laughs> a sheen of perspiration. Yeah. That's good. Sit in the yeah. <laughs> right, good. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway. homeopathy. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're really excited to have you on. I have grown up with homeopathy my whole life. Um, when we lived in Nepal, when I was a little girl, we were seven and a half thousand feet up a mountain with no running water or electricity or doctors. And my mum just had a homeopathy do-it-yourself book, like here's an ailment, Brilliant. do this thing. Um, yeah, which is pretty exciting. And so I've been using it my whole life and I've used it with my little boy. But what I did find was that when I had my little boy and I dutifully got various different like mother and child kit from Helios yep. or whatever, you know, then you just have a booklet and then there's just like a thousand different things in it. And you're like, I don't know. I don't know if this phlegm is greeny yellow or yellowy green. I don't yeah, know. If it comes in the those. night and goes in the day, if it's better for hot or cold or if it's like, yeah, and there's a lot of technical. When they're really little and yeah. you can't ask them and you're like, is this better when you're yeah <laughs> is this a little bit tickly or a little bit and they're just like my throat um so it was really nice when I was talking to you because it seemed like what you were saying was you've actually kind of developed your own little system that makes things just demystified and much more simple for parents yes I, I feedback over the last few years is exactly what you've just said there it's like they want parents want to use homeopathy they've either worked with a homeopath and they've had great reactions with the remedies but doing it themselves everything sounds the same and in my practice, I treat a lot of coughs. I think all homeopaths, we all have, you kind of see a pattern. So I treat a lot of coughs. And I don't know, Lydia, if you've seen cough remedies, but they all look the exact same written, written down in one of these books. So mm. I kind of, so that was quite a frustration for my patients. And the reason why I'm so passionate about treating what we call acute small seasonal ailments is for the bigger picture for the kids. And that was, I'll talk about that later for if you want about antibiotics. From what I observed in practice. So I needed to come up with something to a very easy system to patients who either had never used homeopathy or they really wanted to, if they've never used homeopathy, they actually didn't care what it was. They just wanted that something that worked. Or if they want to use homeopathy, just they didn't have time to do the four years training. They need something simple. So I developed this methodology that breaks an acute down into three simple stages. So it's more of a strategic use of homeopathic remedies. Now, its application can be if you're into classical homeopathy, which is kind of the pure, purest form of homeopathy. Um, if you're when you're applying it, it fits into the philosophy. But how you're choosing the remedy is different, because as you know, Lydia, when you're choosing the remedy, it's all about the symptoms. Whereas when I use my system, it's all about the stages of the acute. OK, so it's very can you, simplified. So for people who are listening and going, 
stages of the acute what does that mean can well, you explain that now. so you've all been there so if i always tell people when i'm describing this method is remember your last cough or cold or sore throat mm -hmm. so the three stages so there's the inflammatory stage there's the mucus stage because i'm obsessed with talking about mucus and its <laughs> color and texture and then there's the recovery stage so the inflammatory stage is where you get the heat you get the pain you get the fever you get the all basically what's happening in the body it's flooding white blood cells to the site of infection opening up um circulation to get as much blood flow there and that's what's causing the pain what then naturally occurs is as your body's fighting an infection mucus develops to protect the body it's to try and draw out uh, dead white blood cells from after they've done their job now so that's the mucus stage now the problem with treatments or what can happen if you're leaving most mucus stages should be clear fluid mucus what can happen if it doesn't get away from the site of infection quick enough it becomes thicker it can become greeny unfortunately sometimes it can go yellow and so we want to treat that to prevent that happening so when i'm having remedies for each symptom stage it's to prevent that happening and therefore the secondary bacterial infection so when you're following the ABC method, you've done the stage one. Sometimes you don't even need to treat stage two because when you when you kind of reduce the inflammation quite quickly, it do, the mucus doesn't stick in the site of infection. It drains quickly. So like a very runny nose is a great sign, remedy reaction. So then that goes into the recovery stage because after an immune response, our body uses up zinc, vitamin C, vitamin D, iron. We need to kind of build our body back up. So you don't get the relapse. I think all parents have seen that in their kids. It goes from one cold to another to another. Mm. You're trying to avoid that. So they're the three symptom stages of an acute. Okay, that makes so much sense. And it just, it yeah. is really simple then, because otherwise you're kind of going in, like I think there is, it's just the same as we were talking about climate change the other day. When something's too complicated, you get this paralysis where you just don't do know. nothing. You yes. just kind of look at the book and you're like, I don't know when you and there is a panic because you think if I give the wrong one, am I doing more damage than if I do nothing? So then you end up doing none of it because you're like, ah, and the other thing I found was you couldn't get hold of a homeopath. You were like, but the child's sick now. And then you've got an appointment, have an appointment in one week and you're like, um, unhelpful. Yeah. I treat a lot of acutes. I find it, it, it kind of can change a whole case in a kid's um, health when you treat the acute successfully. So I like text me anytime. Like sometimes if I'm awake at three in the morning, I will reply. I think the earliest once it's only once been three in the morning. I've had six in the morning. And it's because as soon as you when I apply it, I call them at my methodology, the ABC method, because one of the remedies is ABC. And the sooner you treat the stage one inflammatory, it changes everything. So like you said, when you see your child is ill, usually they've got the cough or they've got the snotty nose. That's already gone into stage two you need to get the stage one quite quickly and then it changes everything. So I have this thing I call the warning symptom and my warning symptom, like you couldn't go to a doctor with your warning symptom. They just look at you like you're mad. So my warning system is hot eyes. When I have heat behind my, obviously I don't because I'm a homeopath and I'm so healthy. But when <laughs> I have hot eyes, I know, okay, my body is fighting something off. I take my remedies and it stops. Okay. So you have to know that warning. I think the glassy eyes in kids, Yeah. You know, that's a warning yeah. symptom. Yeah, yeah. You know, three days it's gonna hit. Mm -mm. Yeah. And and so as you're getting to know kids and different kids, obviously within their own, you know, kind of each kid is their own response time and their own yeah. type of response and that sort of stuff. Does it mean that the way you apply the ABC method changes, or is it like bulletproof, rock solid? This is going to be the way for every single. That's a great question. So I've been doing this methodology for ten years, and so I've kind of gotten it down. I'm trying to do a flow chart 
but I overcomplicate everything. So it's a bit like, <laughs> so it's, there, you can actually do a flow chart for every child. Now there is a small group of children where it doesn't apply, mm. but you see that within six hours, like you see it straight away. And usually there's a reason for there's always a reason when the ABC method doesn't apply to a child. And in the cases that I've seen is because they have um, a complete imbalanced gut or parasites or something like that. So usually it's the same methodology, even for adults, actually, that started off by treating adults and then it shifted into kids. So it's always the same methodology, because when you apply it, I'm a big fan when I talk about homeopathy and educate my pa patients is about learning remedy reaction. That's almost as important as the remedy. I need to do an Instagram post on that actually, because it was when you understand what the remedy is doing, you know if it's working or not. Because I think there's that myth, like you get the one of the books and you're like, it should stop now. Like, why is this cough yeah. so long? So basically to highlight why the reaction, you need to understand reactions for, for to empower and to feel confident in your prescriptions is say if you have somebody a child who has a cough and they're trying to like they sound like they're hocking up a lung because mm. the mucus is stuck there it mightn't even be a cough from the lung it might just be a post nasal drip you give a homeopathic remedy the stage two remedy and what happens is they cough but the mucus comes up because the mucus is becoming thinner that's going in the right direction you keep with the same remedy they're starting to cough up they don't cough at night because previously they were coughing at night they then only cough in the morning and within three days that cough is gone mm -hmm. so you know the reaction that the remedy is working but at sometimes you can get that one remedy is like oh my god it's all gone this is magic where's it gone to but generally it's all the process especially if you're already gone into the stage two so miranda castro the yes. like, classical homeopathy thing, yes. you know i have her book it's the thing I would have referred to. And it's honestly, it's the thing that's both brought me to homeopathy and kind of been a bit aversive because, so for me, I run a shop, I'm dealing with, you know, customers every single day. And it is a little bit like you, that needs to be managed quickly. You know, the stuff that's coming in and out, we only have, I mean, a maximum of 15 minutes with the customer to understand exactly yeah. what's going on, give them the right thing. Yeah. Because homeopathy is so symptom picture ascribed, it yeah. kind of like it inhibits me for using to in terms of using that like how did you end up like how, how come this method already doesn't exist how, like when so many people are homeopathizing homeopathizing homeopathy I don't even know I don't know anyway they're they're doing homeopathy practicing yeah. homeopathy let's say yeah, yeah. For proper English sake. and how is it that so many other people are still using that classical very in not very intangible but very intricate method and you're the person who's cleared this up did you I, get a message from gift from god what's going on? <laughs> a channel i don't yeah. know maybe i'm impatient or maybe i'm just a really bad homeopath i don't know it could be <laughs> where i live people um as i was saying to you i came to the obsession with treating acutes because antibiotics are having such an impact on kids health and where i live like you're having kids at four or five courses of antibiotics in one viral season that's in a like six month period and I started to see the pattern in kids. And um, I'm like, we need to find an alternative to this because we, that can't keep going on. And what pattern were you seeing? Just for people who, who aren't necessarily as averse to antibiotics as we might be in this room, just so yeah. people who might be less well-versed. So I was, just, so actually it came, it was like a chicken or an egg. So the ABC method came as a result of treating kids for food intolerances, insomnia, um, behavioral issues, not behavioral issues, anxiety disorder more, skin rashes, headaches, like young kids. I'm like, Right, so I'll start, I have a technique that I can treat for food intolerance because young kids, they can't do blood tests or print tests. It's, not, it's kind of, it's not as clear cut as that. So I became, so I got techniques and I started to treat kids for this. And you started to see kids 
who have multiple food intolerances across multiple food groups. So it's, okay. it's not okay. So usually you would see food intolerance or food sensitivity or an allergy, it's in one food group. So if you're dairy, it's it's dairy, cows, sheep, everything like that. But I was starting to see them by all the all food groups. I'm like, this is not hopefully it doesn't sound judgy, but it's not right. And luckily, where I live, I have colleagues that are GPs, and they then I start to be interested in food intolerances. They saw in kids as well, and we work together. Some kids then do need a blood test later on to confirm for schools, and they start to see the same thing. And we were trying to figure it out, and then I start to look at all the cases. And it was, they had multiple courses of antibiotics. I then started to look at my adult patients and you can trace all their symptoms back to when they were kids and had multiple courses of antibiotics. So again, I'm not against, what are you, when I talk about this, I say unnecessary antibiotics mm. because usually illnesses, about 80% of them are viral, but they're given certain protocols are given antibiotics as a preventative rather than a treatment. Yeah, yeah, and even when there's so much education, I don't know if they have the same uh, advertising campaigns in France as they do in Ireland, but over here there's like actual ads on the radio now and on TV Ooh. to say like, don't give antibiotics. If if it's a blah, 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 then antibiotics aren't the thing. Like both like from the Pharmacists Union of Ireland, that sort of stuff, so it's great. So they're trying to reduce the cost, to, which is fantastic. Yeah. Um, so there, there's a real understanding there. Go on, yeah. Have you noticed though when a lot of that education is similar to that here, but then my mm. patients go to the pediatrician, the pediatrician then gives antibiotics. So they get- I know, and it hasn't changed much, which it is interesting. It hasn't changed. And yeah. the other thing is, is from what I hear, because I have an amazing GP. Um, he's not like super, super alternative, but he never prescribes stuff unless it's like, and now I really have to, to the point where my kid has not had an antibiotic. And anytime I've gone in and he said, maybe this could be one of those times and yes. i'll say what happens if we wait or what happens he'll go here here let's leave it two or three days and if this has happened then i'm fine with it so he's really cool but he was saying that he gets patients come in and they're just not happy unless they leave with an antibiotic yeah 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 mm -hmm. so the expectation is that they're going in they want to leave with the pill because that's it makes them feel like something's happening and that's, that's really why when i teach the abc method my big part of the education is it talking about red flag symptoms because when you have a, a parent who knows, okay, if these happens, this is when we have, not worry, but this is when you kind of have to sit up and like, okay, these are not symptoms that should be happening. So you then have the education to know, it's like, right, I can wait because the red flag symptoms are not happening. So we have a bit more time to let the body heal what it needs to heal. So that's a really good point. But I don't know in Ireland, have you noticed instead of antibiotics, they're giving cortisone, that's what's happening here. So you're getting kids are having multiple courses of cortisone to reduce the inflammation. Actually, yes, more more lately. That's a really good point. I have actually noticed that. Um, yeah, and I guess that's because I guess they're seeing more less infectious symptoms of infection or communicable infection and more symptoms of kind of chronic disease, inflammatory states like yeah. rhinitis and hay fever and these sorts of things. So I suppose it's yeah. maybe more that, is it? No, it's just as an alternative to relieve the pain and discomfort of the kids. Jeez so they give, yeah, so they give cortisone instead, like for a cough, a sore throat. A, oh, I don't know how to say it in English. Pharyngitis? You don't pharyngitis. Pharyngitis. So they would yeah. get cortisone instead. And, and the doctors are then saying to me, going, we're giving these to kids as they're growing, like de developmental stages. They shouldn't be having steroids. So mm. it's kind of giving that education, like what is the alternative? Like I, what I find fantastic is the prevention, it's the vitamin C, it's the propolis, all this talk. But as kids, you know, with kids, their immune system has to stretch its legs. It has yeah. to work. So you, so you will always get a few fevers and coughs and colds growing up as the immune system develops and yeah. to give an alternative to that. And so talk to me about, talk to me about fevers because okay. <clears throat> my understanding was always that 
I had always been told by my dad and by my mom when I was really little, like fever is the body's way of dealing with the infection that it's coming in. It's good. You sweat it off, like yeah. get into bed, you have fresh air, you let the fever do its thing. And it wasn't medicated. And so when I had my son, it was the same. Like he's never been medicated for a fever. And his pattern is yeah. he gets a very high fever very quickly. It lasts about a day, a day and a half on and off. And then he's better. And that's the way his yeah. illnesses go every time. Um, but that wouldn't be a common thing that lots of people are really frightened. Like we've been told to fear fever yeah. and febrile convulsions. And, and it's like straight away give calpol and nurofen every two hours on a rotation thing. But homeopathy has lots of alternatives to that, right? Yeah. And that's a stage one symptom. So the stage one, the principal stage one remedy would address exactly that, those fever symptoms where you let the body express the fever to do its job, but the child wouldn't be uncomfortable. So that's mm. kind of where the homeopathy is fantastic. That lets the body do what it needs to do. I was raised very similar to you then. Fevers were never a big thing in my family to the point mm. that I didn't, not that I didn't get when my patients were, were stressed about it, but I'm just like, it's fine. It's, that means your body's working. It's fantastic. But there is that security blanket of uh, Calpol. And unfortunately, mm -hmm. when you stop a fever as it's in the middle of it's doing its job, it has to come back stronger. So I yeah. always say to patients, if you're like, okay, it's fine, you were straight, in the beginning, when they're starting to use homeopathy, the ABC method, mm -hmm. like fine, but you will notice in four to six hours, the people will come back and it will come back stronger and longer. So yeah. when, when they know, when they can start to see the pattern, they'll lay off the calpol. But mm -hmm. the fever, so there's, the fevers is a part of the red flag symptoms that I discuss, saying if you have these symptoms, such as clenched fists, fists cold feet, um, doesn't want to be touched, especially for babies. If the baby doesn't have that, then you just let the fever work. And that can even be up to a 39 degree fever. When you get to a 40 degree fever, usually when you get a very high fever, like you said, for your son, it, it kind of has a short duration and then it goes. So what I can, I work, I like to work with my patients. So if I have a patient who's particularly nervous or in fevers, I'm like, at least give it four to six hours to work. Always keep an eye for those red flag symptoms. And then if you feel you really, you can't, you need to give the calpol, fine, it won't come back as much. But then again, by the time after four to six, eight, maximum eight hours, it usually goes. Mm. Like, oh my God. And they can see the difference in the kids when the yeah. fever decides to do what it needs to do. So I think probably two things that might be useful to explain would be the purpose of a fever. And actually we haven't really discussed like what homeopathy is doing in this, because there's going to be a lot of people listening to this, yeah. hopefully, who haven't really been brought to homeopathy yet. Like yeah. we're familiars in this room, but maybe how it's working with the fever. First, explain maybe the purpose of the fever and yeah. what like what the body wants to do with that. Yeah. And then maybe what the actual homeopathy is actually doing in the system, technically. So fevers, they now know fevers help the, resets the body's temperature to fight off pathogens. That's what they, that's the kind of standard medical exp explanation for it. it's the hypothalamus, the signals, it raises the core temperature to kill off, to kill off pathogens. So whether it be viral, bacterial, even fungal in nature, mm. so you can get a fever. So different fevers, actually, you can, you can know for different pathogens. So like chickenpox, you'll get a high fever, a mm. cold, you get a, sm a smaller fever. So you can actually tell what you're treating from the fever. And there's a really interesting thing. There's really interesting bit of work that was done by, um, oh, uh, what are they called? Uh, ancestral biologist type people. Um, yeah. Oh, what are they called? Uh, but they were looking at the the human. What's that? Anthropologists. No, yeah. no, 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 no. Uh, like when they look uh, ancestral biology, but where they look at like human okay. patterns essentially. But they found that human core temperature has been going steadily up as we've evolved, and oh, that they that. think that's a response. So pathogens have adapted to the higher temperature in human body. So when they look at like, I can't remember how they identified it, but human body temperature might've been like two, even three degrees lower on average a yeah. couple of thousand years ago. 
And yeah. as the, 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 the pathogens, the virus, the bacteria kind of begin to adapt to that, our body pushes higher temperatures and pushes higher temperatures. This is why maybe we're seeing much more variability. And now that everyone's checking their temperatures much more regularly because we're all yeah. thinking COVID, la la la, everyone's going yeah. like, but mine is never at 37, it's always at 39 or whatever, do you know? Yeah, yeah. And, and it's you know, the range that's important, doesn't that it? That makes sense around why viruses, so viruses mutate. So mm. we obviously have to adapt survival of the fittest to mutate against a mutating virus. Exactly, it's that kind of one step ahead thing. Well, that's yeah. great, I didn't even know Isn't that. Isn't it fascinating? Yeah, I think and I think that is a useful point that was raised that it's really useful to have a baseline temperature for yourself and for your kids and to know because I know that I tend to have a lower body temperature. Yeah, that I, I just always have done since I was little. It was always just slightly lower than yeah. my brothers and my sons, for example. So I always know like if I'm a 37.5, that's quite high for me. I'm yeah. going why that's if I've not got my period or I'm not yeah. coming into my period then that's a slight warning sign for me. Whereas my son, 37.5 would be like nothing for mm -hmm. him. It would have to be like 38.5. And then I'd be like, oh, hang on. That's well, do you have symptoms around there or are you just checking with the thermometer by any chance? No, just I, I just know because if I'm taking his temperature, say he's ill and I take his okay, temperature, yeah. I'll take mine as well just to see like, is the thermometer working? Like what's going oh, yeah. on? Is it really hot in the house? <laughs> You know, because sometimes it's like it's a really hot day and you just haven't noticed and everyone's temperature is like a little bit up mm -hmm. and then you're like, oh, it's only a little bit. It's fine. And the other part to, to, to explain about that as well is that we have different temperatures at the different times of the day. So to get your kids yeah. baseline throughout the day, they're usually what higher in the morning and lower towards the evening. And for most kids. Measuring if you're measuring here and you have a sinus infection, it's like yeah. only 41. Do you know what I mean it's because it's hot, it's throbbing. It's all coming out there. Exactly. Change where you're measuring the temperature. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Get a rectal thermometer. Yeah, I was just telling well, you they, they, love they, they, they love it in France. They do. Oh, yeah, yeah. They love suppositories and everything over there. Yeah. Interesting. Which is good. Actually. I mean, it's a brilliant idea because it's a great absorption moment. It yeah. Is. Is. Exactly. Our kids, though, in fairness. <laughs> it really is harsh. You're like, sorry, you've got to check your temperature, but you can just do it. No, bend over. Ah! I know. I'm not, I was telling you <laughs> today. Want. Yeah. I'm so bad. Uh, so him today when we lived in Greece when I was really little they took me to the doctor I was like four and he did the rectal thermometer thing and then as a like well done you've been really good they were like we'll take you to buy you a, a toy and it was kind of one of these old Greek shops that has some stuff in and like something in the back that's really dusty and the only toy they could find me was a doctor's kit and then we went home and my mum like was like off you go play in your room and then there was a lot of silence and they were like Mm, it's just been too quiet. They came in and I had the thermometer up the cat's bomb. It was like, Coco's not feeling any well, mommy. Any well. Oh my God. <laughs> oh my God, really Coco really wasn't feeling well. Coco was like, Genie Wax. And I always let me do it. That's that like amazing. Weird. Families, make sure if you're in, if you kind of prefer that method of measuring, make sure you have two thermometers mm. and clearly mark them. Which one's which, okay. <laughs> okay, enough about the proctology. Moving on. Okay, so, sorry, yeah. so how is What's the homeopathy doing? Working on the fever. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> right. right. So this goes into like how homeopathy. What is homeopathy treating and how homeopathy works? This is actually a controversy mm. around homeopathy. Mm -hmm. So the philosophy with homeopathy is that our body can actually, a bit like all holistic therapies, our body can actually heal itself. So when it's not healing itself, you're trying to figure, okay, what's going on? Does it need more energy, more vitality, or is there something in your everyday life that is impeding it? So what remedies are doing is actually stimulating that so your body can heal itself. So mm. for whatever the reason, whether it be a blockage or it just needs more energy. So when you're giving homeopathy, for example, for a fever or an acute, you're enabling its immune, our immune system to do its natural function, its work. But you're reducing the severity of the suffering of the symptoms. 
So that's why what's great about um, ABC homeopathy is that you're letting the fever do its job. You're letting the immune system do its job. You're not inhibiting it or suppressing it like paracetamol or calpol will do. So that's the thing with medication and homeopathy. I'm not, I think sometimes, like I've had kids come in and you can smell them from the waiting rooms there. I'm like, that child needs an antibiotic and needs it now. So I'm not against antibiotics. Some mm -hmm. of them, sometimes they're, they're fantastic. They have saved humanity, I think, in the last hundred years, but they're misused. So what happens when you overuse medication or, for example, if you're using Calpol, is it's blocking the natural function. And the body's like, well, hold on, I'm trying to do my job here. I, that's why the fever comes back. That's why the pain gets worse, because it's trying to get the white blood cells there. So homeopathy lets our body naturally do that, but will make you feel more comfortable through it. Yeah, great, great explanation. And can you talk then, just to go even deeper into that, can you talk to like, what is homeopathy? Because we haven't even said, oh, we haven't hey. even said that. And so if no one knows about that, you know, because okay. I've had people go, homeopathy, but that's that thing with the placebo thingy. Yeah. yeah. Well, every like 30, like everything, 30% of all treatment is placebo in everything. So, yeah. that's, so that, that's a whole discussion about the research, which is fascinating. Yeah. So homeopathy, I think it's over 250 years old. It might be 300. I'm really bad at the history. It was a doctor in Germany. And um, there was already the um, theory that you can cure with opposites or you can cure with likes. So cure opposites means if somebody has a pain, you give something that will block the pain. So it's opposites. Cure with likes. If somebody has a pain, you give something that would make that pain and then it removes the symptoms. So that's the, that's the cure, uh, opposites and likes. So Nettle as an antihistamine is a great example. That's one of my favorite ones. Fantastic. Belladonna for fever. So a mm. belladonna is a herb that would actually create a high fever. So you give it for somebody in a fever. And that's actually the B in the ABC in this method. Okay. So he, there was a Dr. Hahnemann in Germany. He was aware of this. He was translating uh, medical books. And he saw that um, at the time, malaria was horrific in Europe. And he saw that chinchinoa bark actually um, cures malaria because of the quinone. I'm really bad at pronouncing words. So he decided to take it and he actually developed the symptoms of malaria. And he knew that philosophy, like, hold on, there's actually something in this. So he was in his circle of peers. He's like, try this. And they start to get the symptoms of malaria. So then he starts to develop this methodology of homeopathy, finding medications in the day, like arsenic was a medication in the day. And he started to notice the symptoms of arsenic poisoning and applying that to people who had those symptoms and they would get better. Now, the controversy with homeopathy is that the remedies, I should actually bring the remedies here. They're so diluted that in certain cases, certain strengths of remedies, there's nothing physically, there's no particles in the remedies. And that's the controversy of homeopathy because he noticed, for example, arsenic poisoning, people were getting better over their primary symptoms which is usually a digestive problem, for example, like food poisoning or something like that, or um, dysentery. And, but they were dying of arsenic poisoning. So you're like, okay, that's not great. <laughs> that's not the best <laughs> Oops. So he started to dilute it down and he noticed that the effect was far more efficient. And mm -hmm. so you weren't getting the secondary effects. They're now called ultra dilutions. And that's what the research is showing that ultra dilutions, even in a medical setting, have an effect. So then he developed, and so he starts, so the, or um, I haven't got the book here, but there's the repertory and there is the Materia Medica and there's the Organon. They're the three main books of homeopathy. The Organon he wrote is the whole philosophy, understanding this healing energy in the body called the vital force. And um, I think it's called Chi in different, and in Ayurveda, it's called Ama, is it? And, but anyway, everyone has different names. Ama is the illness. What's it called? Agni. 
So he has the, so he described this, how it works, what disease actually comes from, how to heal it, how to apply homeopathy, the remedies, the remedy reaction, that's the organon. So then we have the materia medica, which is all the proved, proved remedy. So remedy proving is when, for example, he took chinchinoa and he developed the symptoms. So we homeopaths would have a group called approving and they would all take a substance and we would note down the remedy symptoms from this proving and then apply it in practice. So there's about 3000 different remedies. And then we have the repertory, which is all the symptoms that the remedies produce. And it's like an encyclopedia. So I take, that's where actually you're, when you were saying to apply homeopathy in a quick um, setting, you have to get the repertory. You have to know exactly what symptoms you're looking up. You need to look at the remedy. You need to cross-reference all the different symptoms, and then you find your remedy. So they're the three books in homeopathy. So then homeopathy developed. It became extremely popular all the way through Europe. It's still very popular in France and Germany. Over in America before, like, and you look at all the old films, like in Little Women, they're all using homeopathy. Do you remember when Beth gets scarlet fever? They're using homeopathy no. in that film. Yeah, you'll see it now. So you see homeopathy. So until... The turn of the last century homeopathy was one of the biggest medicines in america and and then there was the the dawn of the antibiotics and the medications so it's my, sorry my, my biggest argument for homeopathy for a lot of kind of like treatments where there's an energetic approach is how well they're applied in animals yeah exactly and it's always the thing you're like listen you, can't deny. you go to top horse people they're using homeopathy i promise you you go to top sports people any top sports people actually and they're using arnica i guarantee you i'd be like yeah. a thousand percent they might they might not even understand in fact most of them would totally poo poo the idea of homeopathy care. but they're still <laughs> rubbing arnica on their like i don't know and the there thing is that's a great thing is the reports i've gotten from um colleagues who they, they know how I work, so they work with me, but they're still there on the fence with homeopathy. They're like, well, it's dangerous. Well, if the person doesn't know the symptoms or they're letting a symptom run wild and all that. It's all, mm -hmm. that's why the red flag symptoms, I educate uh, parents on this, knowing that is both homeopathy, there's no side effects. The worst thing that happens is it doesn't work. It's completely safe because there's sometimes physically nothing in the remedies. So it's very safe, even for kids, for animals, for everyone to use when it's applied correctly. Yeah, that's it's such an, it's a phenomenal thing. Cause I remember we had a dog who something happened to her, I can't remember, and she got given an antibiotic yeah. and then she got thrush. Mm. And it was horrendous, like disgusting having a dog with thrush because there's no knickers, so it's gross. Oh, and, right. yeah, it's really, and the smell is phenomenal. And they, we took her back to the vet because yeah. it was like our puppy and we didn't really know. And I wasn't applying logic. I was just like, oh, what do I do? And they were like, we'll give you some more antibiotics. And I was like, no, hang on. No, no, because <laughs> you just gave the antibiotics yeah. and that gave the thrush. So I was like, no, no, okay, what am I going to do? So I went to a homeopathic vet and yeah. he gave a remedy. I think it was pulsatilla. I'm not sure. And um, instantaneous, within half an hour, the green yeah. dripping grossness had stopped. And I mean, she didn't know I was giving her anything. It was yeah. so easy to give her. And from then on, any time that I gave her a remedy for anything, it worked straight away. And that was really interesting because my partner was convinced then. He was yeah. like, mm, homeopathy. But when he saw it in her, I mean, it was like immediate. Mm -hmm. I yeah. love when I hear that. I have a few patients who husbands then come to see me and they're like, they're all they're either in the medical field or research. And it's always the same sense as like, I don't know how it works, but I know it works. And one actually was, they use the ABC method and he's quite well known in clinical research and in the medical field. And he goes, oh my God, you need to do a trial about this. You need data. People need to know. Uh, so I was like, oh my God, maybe one day, but I just see three patients. I'm not a researcher, but it's, yeah. that's, kind of, that's really, to be honest with you, I'm just, I was just happy like doing the ABC and educating my patients. It's when I heard feedback from that or the other word from mums is this is magic. Like it has mm -hmm. stopped the antibiotics. That's when I was like, you know what? 
I might just, they had friends that they wanted to learn the method. So I did Zoom conferences. I just don't have time to do them more and more. And that's why I developed the method and I filmed it. So anybody right. can actually learn this method around the world. And this is something we've talked about a lot, particularly in the last few months as we've been filming the filming, filming the, <laughs> excuse I me. I say filming. Did the eye, filming. Um, there you go, very Irish, into the West. Um, but uh, as we've been filming the kind of Pregnancy, Birth and Beyond series, we've been yeah. talking a lot about this idea that women are, just, are, are supposed to somehow come to motherhood with zero books to guide them and just total self-confidence that what they do is the right thing. And, you know, there's, just, there, there's very little wit and wisdom kind of available to them and there's no oral tradition really there because usually grandmothers aren't hanging around the house and they're not and they maybe they haven't been taught we've kind of got this cleaved off kind of generation of mothers they're like kind of at sea and overly reliant let's say on the medical system so this idea that you have a system that like gives the mother tools totally empowers them lets them know you're not going to be doing anything that's like fringe or unsafe and if you have a partner who's not in you know into what you're doing listen yeah. these are the red flag symptoms we're not going to go past this line everybody can be cozy with it i think that's the amazing part of this really and it's it, it learn teaches moms because like you just said that some moms would say to me and it's mostly more I, I would see mostly moms there have been the dads as well who then apply they know the abc method they can apply it as well it's moms who initially bring the kids to me and they um i've lost my trail of thought was about to say it was so profound but it's completely gone out of my head <laughs> Was there something to do with the empowerment? Yes. So they didn't know the symptoms. They were like, what's this? Is this what it has? And they just want support. Mm. And like, no, you're doing a good job. This is when you have this knowledge. And actually from the group, I then have the, the, the private community group. So I'm going to do lives there. It's just like, no, you're doing the right thing. Don't worry about that. Yeah, you need an antibiotic now, but don't worry. You'll figure out why. And it's it, it doesn't come natural. It's a bit like breastfeeding. I, don't, I, think, I know you did a talk on breastfeeding. This, this mm. um, what's it? myth that breastfeeding just comes naturally to you it's you have to learn it and that's the understanding and with moms are usually the primary healthcare um provider in the house they're the ones that are it's like treating the fever staying up with the kids usually in a majority of the house so they think well i have to have a whole medical degree to feel confident here so i just mm -hmm. want to take you're not a doctor but at the same time you know your child you know your child's symptoms you know when something's off and i'm giving you the tool to be able to let the body naturally heal itself Amazing. It takes all the panic out of it because it's yeah. even if you're someone who's really calm and who's like knows this stuff, the moment that your child gets sick, it's very hard to stay in that calm place. You're you're like, oh God, what if it's something really terrible? What if you know you're looking at yeah. this precious little person? Like, however I manage this, it's on yeah. me, you know. And so yeah. it's really easy to just spiral off into something crazy. And it's really nice to have someone holding your hand or to have some kind of simple structure that you go back and you're like, no, I know this. This is yes. my reference point and it's easy and it's not overcomplicated. Yeah. Yeah. And I've been I've been in that position when I've had patients contact me at six in the morning. I'm like, oh, my God, I think this is meningitis. I'm like, I'm like this is my patients now know and I go, this is fine. This is totally fine. Just need you to go to the hospital now. <laughs> and it's always been grand, but you always you always have the medical community to fall back on. To me, it's there for a reason. It's like I said, it's not the it's not the medication. It's the misuse that is the problem. Yeah, so we yeah. just need to bridge that. Yeah, and, treating as the first port of call is, is the issue, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. And so if women listening are like, okay, this is good, I'm interested, I want to know the things. Okay. How do they, do they book an appointment with you? Do they, how do they learn the ABC? Okay, method? so I've just done this today. So I actually, the course is actually going to be up on Teachable. So I've just uploaded that. 
um, you get the, the nuts and but so it's a seven module one hour course you've done all the methodology the understanding of the immune system the red flag symptoms how to apply it remedy reaction uh, toolkits essential remedies to have at the home and then after that you get the transcribed version if you prefer to read and then you get into the abc community group now that gives you the basis now some patients some people actually prefer to then book in with me as well afterwards because we all do similar cues like some when i was teaching this live I was getting some groups that had sore throats, some, some groups that had coughs. So they wanted to get a more specific remedy kit. So that is an option, but you will get all that from the group as well, to be honest with you. But you, you, can, you can learn this in one hour and apply it the next day, straight away. Amazing. That is amazing. That's, That's, it, feels like, uh, it feels like one of those like infomercials. Like I've been ill for 30 days. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that's the point i want to because I, I say this in the course is that if you have used i have some people like well i've used antibiotics so like it's done for me now i'm like no no we can still do the abc method however when you've been doing antibiotics that mucus stage the body trying to clean itself out that stage will be prolonged so as long as you know you're getting the right remedy the reaction which is the fluid thin clear sometimes white mucus and it's all coming out you're doing fine but if you've had multiple course of antibiotics you're doing this for the first time just that bit is a bit longer that's it. And so we're talking about antibiotics just very briefly. I know we need to round up, but antibiotics and homeopathy together, kind of a no-no. One like antibiotics just going to kill the homeopathic. Kind yeah, of there's no problem just with the antibiotics. Yeah. Now, yeah. like I said, there's the recovery stage. So there's a remedy for the recovery stage. You would do that after the antibiotic and it mm. prevents that because antibiotics actually, it's known to treat bacterial infections. But the reason why sometimes people get relief because they now know it's an, it has an anti-inflammatory function as well. So you think it's your infection's gone and it comes back three weeks later. That's usually in terms like strep throat. Yeah. So you kind of give the recovery remedy as well to try and prevent that. But I usually mm -hmm. warn patients say, listen, in about three weeks, it's going to hit again. I'm like, mm -hmm. no, no. And then like, oh God. And so that's when we start with the remedies. Okay, great. Brilliant. Thank and so, so much. people find you where? On Instagram so or? Mostly on Instagram. I do my rambles there. I have my website. I have I have a Facebook, but I'm very, very on it because I'm not very technologically minded. So you'll get me on Instagram. Mm -hmm. Okay. And all my details are in there. And it's at what? Julia Homeopath. At ah. Julia Homeopath. Very ah. simple. Good. Perfect. Nice okay, to go. I'm trying to get JuliaHomeopath.com, but I think somebody else has it. I'm raging. Oh. <laughs> my website. <laughs> I wonder how we have to work around that. I wonder. <laughs> Julia's ABC. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's I don't good. know. Maybe. Oh, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> okay, Julia, thank you so much. That was brilliant. Thank you so much. Here, and it was nice Great to laugh. Well. Yeah, absolutely. Nice to have a laugh with you as well. It's lovely when, you know, when also, you know, medicine or the practice of a, some form of medicine doesn't have to be just taught in a very serious and somber way. And it's great. You've great charisma and personality and and you're so clear it's great to have that I'm, I'm really really glad we had you on so thank you so much for thanks so much for having me it's been brilliant talking to you brilliant nice same i guess it just is left for us to thank our sponsors um so news Desk nutrition our fantastic nutrition partners uh who produce the best of all vegan plant-based or plant-based and vegan of course uh, organic whole food proteins um we both use them we're giddy about them we recommend them all the time it saves people a fortune in time and uh, and money actually because it piles a whole load of nutrients into into single things so they're good green vitality shape their kids good stuff as kids are going back to school it's a really really important time to think about yeah. their zinc and their selenium and, and iodine for the thyroid all these sorts of important things um and so they'll get on to those guys also then we have clear light saunas who are fantastic clear light infrared sauna partners i know not everybody gets a sauna partner do they julia mm -hmm. <laughs> i love one of them 
I, well, Debbie, I, well, there you go. Okay, come and talk to us. Absolutely. Totally. Yeah. We'll, we'll talk you through the whole thing. I have one in my back garden so we can show you how it works and that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so thanks to them as well. And um, finally, but thank you very much to you. And uh, and, and thanks for, for coming along and uh, and giving us all of that wisdom and being so open and, and, well, and free me. to share. Yeah, this is you. Thanks to you. And also thank thanks you. to the guys watching as well. Why yeah. not that? Yay. Thank you very much, guys. And we will see you again next time. Bye. Bye.